Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at prestigesubaru.com. And Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You'll be at the top of the city as you experience Asheville's history and scenic beauty, historic landmarks, and award-winning rooftop bars. Transportation is provided with tours offered daily, year-round. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. Now be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. And you can sign up for the Travel Club. And then you can stay on top of the latest travel news and travel tips. And you can always listen to this episode or any past episode of Speaking of Travel with a simple click on that Speaking of Travel website on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Pretty much all podcast platforms are now streaming Speaking of Travel. What I have found is that a lot of people are really wanting to be up to date and current on what's happening in the travel world. People are people are ready, I think, to just get out and uh, even if it's not a big adventure, doing something that is bringing pleasure and fun. And certainly we're all dreaming of the day that we can actually get back to that travel experience of getting on a plane and going someplace new and different and experiencing new cultures and new foods and certainly new people. And today I have with me Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport. Tina is the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development. And she's been keeping us up to date every week on what's going on, not only regionally here at our hub, the Asheville Regional Airport, but also in what's happening in aviation news around the world, really. And Tina, thank you so much for coming on Speaking of Travel each week and catching us up. Thank you, Marilyn. It's a great platform. Uh, Really enjoy the show and glad to be a part of it. Well, thanks. And Tina, I keep up not only when we talk every week, but through your newsletter that the airport sends out, giving updates on what's going on. And when those come into my inbox, I'm always... Uh, focused on what is new, what is happening, and I'd I'd like to talk to you a little bit today about some of the things that are in your latest news newsletter. Um, let's talk first about some new initiatives over there at the airport to enhance the safety and health of your of your customers. Absolutely. Um, you know, we've talked about this for several weeks, but. Um, our world has changed and everywhere you go, you are seeing initiatives put in place to enhance the health and safety of the public. Um, 
And we're no different at the airport. We absolutely wanted to have a responsible and caring response to the realities of what's happening in the world right now. Um, and so we have very carefully and thoughtfully put in place um, some protocols at the airport. So we, we do have enhanced cleaning procedures. And one thing I'd like to highlight is that we are using electrostatic sprayers to disinfect large surfaces, hard surfaces in the airport uh, frequently. And this, this allows us to do that in a very efficient manner um, so that the, that deep cleaning can happen uh, very frequently in the airport. Uh, so our guests and our employees um, see that and feel safe about the cleanliness of the hard surfaces. Well, we're I'm also we're, Oh, go sorry. ahead. Yep. Well, I wasn't familiar with what the what you are calling this uh, the electro. What do you call that? Electrostatic sprayer. It's it's um that's just the mechanism. It's a it's a backpack type sprayer, um, and the disinfectant is in the um, you know in in the backpack, and then it, it allows us to use a spray. Um, uh, mechanism to coat hard surfaces uh, very, very efficiently. Wow. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's really very good. Yeah. Um, and then we're, we're asking, well, we're requiring all of the airport employees to wear face coverings and per CDC requirements or guidelines, we're recommending and asking guests and customers who come into the airport to also wear face coverings. We've got social distancing markers, plastic shields up at our counters, um, and we're limiting entry into the airport only to those who need to be there. Our passengers, people who need assistance, you know, to provide assistance to a passenger or those doing business at the airport. And we did, we've had hand sanitizing stations on back order for quite some time. We just received them, and now we have to await the actual hand sanitizer that goes in those units, but we're getting closer to having those units in place all around the airport. So, um, you know, we're continuing to make enhancements for the health and safety of everyone at the airport. Well, I have a feeling that everything is going to coincide with uh, the time that as we move forward for the future and, and flights start happening again, everything will be in place and everybody will be ready to go. That's right. I know I'm ready to go. I know I'm ready to go too. <laughs> so yeah. how do you feel about air travel? I know that you have a study going and that people, a survey and that people can um, kind of give their feedback on air travel today. Give us, how can people get onto that survey? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So um, the easiest way is just to go to our website, flyavl.com, and there is a link right on the homepage to take this travel sentiment survey. We have already had over 3,000 people in our um, in Western North Carolina take that survey, and we've had um, a, a, quite a number of travelers who travel to our area take the survey as well. So we're getting a very good idea of 
how people are feeling about air travel in our region. That is really great. You know, doing the research, being able to uh, understand where people are coming from and what, what concerns they have, and then to provide those based on that research. And I can tell you, Tina, in all the years that I've been coming over to the airport, you know, when you're talking about people from out of town who travel through the airport, people love the Asheville Regional Airport. You know, that's that's always been a given. They feel comfortable there. They they enjoy their layovers. If they have to travel in and out of the Asheville Regional Airport, they enjoy being there. And what you all are doing is is creating that environment for us in this new world to feel safe. Well, we hope so. You know, we're really focused on it. Um, but, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to the airlines as well, because they are very focused on safety for uh, for their travelers, always have been. And they're adding in this new element of, um, you know, doing new things to help travelers uh, have the safest possible journey with them. Um, they all are implementing stringent measures and guidelines and requirements, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad to see that. And those who are booking tickets, just check with your airline because there are new requirements, um, such as many of the airlines are requiring passengers to wear a face covering throughout the duration of their journey. So throughout the duration, they are requiring or requesting. How does that work? Well, um, there are some airlines that are requiring, meaning you must wear your face covering um, on the aircraft during the duration of the flight. Um, and some, some airlines are requesting that this happen. And so you just need to check with your airline to see what their requirements are. Well, I really, uh, I feel good that everybody is working together to create this um, this this new way of being and collaborating so that there's a nice um, a feeling that you can go to the airport, that everything will be ready for you there, that you'll be safe and clean, and then you'll uh, get on your plane to go someplace and know that they're looking out for you as well. Absolutely. And if, if I might go back, to the travel sentiment. One thing I want to point out is that it looks like uh, there are a lot of travelers out there um, who are ready. They are ready to get on a flight. They are ready to go uh, for various reasons. Um, and they, uh, you know, have valid concerns. They want to feel safe when they go. Um, and, but I think the airlines are also seeing this travel sentiment and demand increasing because they are increasing their numbers of flights and frequencies um, in the coming months. So, you know, June looks better than May. July looks better than June in terms of flight schedules and frequencies. So we're, we're definitely seeing some recovery in the industry happen. Well, that just made my day, Tina, because I'm going to be I am so ready to get on a plane, and <laughs> and I know there are so many others. So to get uh, to go back to your website, give us the website because from there, your website is like a hub itself. It takes you to many different places. So give sure. us your uh, website again. 
Sure. Uh, the website is flyavl.com. And I thank you for mentioning our e-newsletter. It's called Window Seat. There is a very easy way to sign up for that right on our website as well. We send out an email once a month. We try to keep the information um, meaningful. Uh, we're not bombarding people with emails, um, you know, just so that if you're interested in your in the airport and what's happening here, go ahead and sign up. We'd be glad to have you. Well, thanks, Tina. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you and to find out. And I love the, uh, uh, you know, just that things are moving forward. So thank you again for being on Speaking of Travel. Thank you, Marilyn. Well, up next is Mark Stevens. He is the Denver-based author of the Allison Coyle Mystery Series. This is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel. Hi, I'm Kay, the founder and owner of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You usually hear me talking about our tours from the rooftops in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Currently, our country and the world are going through an unprecedented time with the COVID-19 pandemic and the fear and economic uncertainty that it is creating in our world. We in Asheville, a city that has been welcoming tourists to the healing properties of our Blue Ridge Mountains since the 1800s, are feeling it as well. Many things have been put on hold, but together we will get through this. Our times to explore the world or even our local hometowns and reconnect with friends and loved ones is in our future. Be strong, stay safe, and when you are in Asheville, look us up. We would love to show you the city from a bird's eye view. Spring has finally sprung, and with our backyard in full bloom, now is the time to get out and find adventure wherever it may lead. From the mountains to the rivers and all the turf in between, we are no less than blessed with our beautiful backyard right here in western North Carolina. There's a will, there's a way, and for the way we have the wheels to take you wherever you wish to wander. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Find your adventure vehicle at PrestigeSubaru.com. Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road in Nashville. And welcome to Subieville. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. Thanks, Tina, for that update. Words, you know, it's so good to know that the Asheville Regional Airport is there oh for us when we're ready, because we're all getting ready. We want to be able to get out and travel more and really start just taking a journey to be with other people and other places because you know these last few months have really been challenging but I have to say it's so refreshing to hear how people are staying positive and finding creative outlets well for me writing is a way of relaxing and and imagining it it opens up my mind to so many things pulling out a notebook or a journal or a diary and just writing. You know, the paper and pen are our friends. And all over the world, people are coming together and sharing their stories. There are platforms of just people who are writing and sharing. And that's why I'm excited. My guest today is Mark Stevens. He's the Denver-based author of the Allison Coyle Mystery Series. And Mark has spent 20 years in journalism. Uh, He was in public relations. He's a storyteller, an author, a writer, a traveler. He 
He has won awards. And Mark, I am just so glad to have you on the show today. It's it's just my treat to be able to talk to you. Well, Marilyn, thanks a million for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, you know, this is a time when people uh, are being creative. They're looking at new outlets and and writing storytelling for you is something that that you've made into your career. Uh, well, I wish I could say it was full time to be accurate. Um, it is still, um, unfortunately, a part time deal for me. I still um, put in my hours um, uh, earning money through public relations so I can pay the mortgage, which is always a good thing to keep the roof over your head. But, uh, you know, fiction has been a passion for many, many years, um, decades, I guess, at this point. And I've really just, uh, it is my daily, and I, it's really, you know, 99 days out of 100, I love, love getting up early and just spending an hour with my characters and, and trying to move a story forward. And it's just been something that uh, I've enjoyed doing for a long time. time. And I've been fortunate enough to finally um, have a few books out and, and um, find some readers for, for my series. So, yeah. Well, I, again, it's so nice and refreshing to hear that you can have a full-time job and be able to have this side gig of writing and, and imagining and creating new characters and, and really making the time to do that and finding it to be fun. Because obviously, as, as I've read your, your stories and your, uh, your character development, I have to say that I feel like I'm having fun just reading it. So give me an idea of, of how you even came up with the inspiration for, for your Allison Coyle character. Well, so prior to um, starting to work on this particular series, I had written a couple kind of urban, uh, typical kind of urban jungle crime mystery novels set in Denver and uh, more cops and robbers, bad guys, um, detective fiction. And, um, you know, just one of those kind of trans transcendental galvanizing moments when my wife and I were actually on a trip, in-state trip. Um, we were up at a guest ranch in the Flat Tops Wilderness in Western Colorado. And um, I wasn't thinking anything about crime fiction. I wasn't thinking anything about finding new characters. I wasn't searching for new characters or new ideas or anything. But on a day long, and I mean day long, dawn to dusk, kind of a full day um, horseback ride way up into the Flat Tops Wilderness, um, we were led by a young woman in this, this was in the summer, beautiful summer day, blue sky, white clouds, gorgeous. And um, there are about eight of us maybe and my wife. And we were just um, floored by this young woman who uh, was so enthusiastic about every single aspect of her environment, um, about the flat top. She knew the environment. Um, she knew it from the weeds to the trees, to the burn areas, to the geology. Um, she lived and breathed the flat tops. And then very casually, at one point, um, she mentioned that she was also a hunting guide in the fall during the hunting season. And that was when my um, writer brain just uh, lit up on fire. And I just thought to myself, wow, uh, a young woman hanging out with and leading um, mostly men, not all, but, you know, mostly men with guns in the, in the winter 
or late fall, harsh conditions, um, yet high elevations, remote areas. I thought um, that to me was a, just a, a bell went off saying that might be an unusual character for a series. And I was transfixed from that, from that moment forward. Well, I, I'm curious, Mark, because uh, I, I hear that. Here you are. You're inspired by this woman and uh, all the possibilities that her character could, could develop. But how do you, as a man, put yourself into that female lead character? Well, uh, I was petrified at first, of course. Um, it was a daunting idea to, at first anyway, to say you're going to inhabit the, the mind of a, of a young, younger woman. Um, she was in her probably early 20s at that point, and I wanted my character to also be kind of mid-20s-ish. And um, so I did what any ex-journalist or, you know, trained journalist might do. I decided to do some research. And my form of research in that case was I went to a used paperback um, shop and I said, I'm going to buy 20 paperbacks by women featuring women in mystery fiction. And I am going to read those things so carefully that I'm going to find the key paragraph that unlocks everything where a woman is sharing her insights into female point of view about the world and about what it's like to be a woman. And I will somehow channel, download, uh, absorb all that, that essence that I learn and I'll, I'll, I'll process, <laughs> process that into my character, Alison Coyle. So of course I brought those books home, started reading and started to realize that there is no set one point of view. There's no one thing that unlocks somehow female essence that, that of course the variety of female experience is as broad as, as the male experience that uh, Pollyanna was a woman. And so is the serial killer that Charlize Theron played in, in, um, in a movie about a female serial killer. Those are both women. Um, there's a complete range of, of um, characters available within that sex. And, you know, I also realized that every human being has access to the same range of emotions. There's no emotion that is peculiar to um, either males or females. And we've all met very, very masculine uh, women, we've all met very kind of gentle, feminine men, right? So I realized, light bulb again going off, you just need to get your character right. You need to understand her, your individual, and what makes her tick, what makes her move through the world, and then you can build a story around that. So that's my explanation. I'm sticking to it. I may still have gotten a few things wrong, um, but I've had many, many, many female readers say, good job. Well, I, you can add me to, to the list, Mark. Good job. And, <laughs> and, and I'm just really amazed that, like you said, the uh, character just somehow was just channeled. And, um, and, and I'm sure that your background as a writer, all of that coming into play. Uh, but it's so important for us to remember, like you said, that we all have all those different kind of emotions, and you were able to to wrap it up. About how long did it take for you to get that Allison Coyle co character kind of solid? Do I have to give you the real answer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, it was about 
uh, let me see, 14 years between meeting the character that inspired Alison Coyle and probably draft number 80 something that, uh, not quite 80, but I mean, maybe 20 or 30 major rewrites to really get to a point where I got picked up by an independent publisher um, and saw her, Allison, um, go out into the world. So it took me quite a while. Um, I had only featured male characters before. I am not a hunter. I, I have gone on hunts. I've been on trips with hunters. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I can, I can, like I said, I'm a researcher, so I've, I can get a hundred books on hunting or I can get a dozen books on the flat tops wilderness or whatever issue might be connected with that particular book that I'm working on. Um, I can do the research, but uh, maybe I'm a slow learner, but it took me a while. Well, we all definitely have the, the learning curves. So Mark, how can somebody get a copy of your book? Well, uh, they're available, of course, on that big uh, international online seller. Uh, I think I think it's called Amazon. I'm not sure. And um, of course, support your local independent bookstores. Uh, they should be able to order it from anywhere. My website is writermarkstevens.com, and there are links there to um, to be able to buy the book. Great. Well, when we come back, Mark, I want to talk more about. Um what I had been talking about in the beginning, the, the importance of these writing networks and writing groups, and definitely want to talk to you a little bit about travel. So thanks for being on the show. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be back with my guest, Mark Stevens. This is Melody from GlobalMedTravel.com, and I'd like to invite you to travel with me on a virtual tour of two UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Pull up Google Earth in your browser and type in UNESCO, that's U-N-E-S-C-O. Number 23 and 24 on the map are jaw-dropping structural masterpieces as a result of strict conditions imposed by the Roman Emperor in the mid-1600s. Three Protestant churches were permitted to be constructed in this region of Poland, but were required to be built only of wood and clay. To meet this and other specifications, the builders of the Churches of Peace had to rely on what UNESCO calls pioneering constructional and architectural solutions of a scale and complexity unknown before or since in wooden architecture. The Google Earth tour of these two sites will have you walking right up to the colorful wooden sculptures and looking up through the mind-bending multi-tier galleries up to the decorated ceilings of these timber-framed masterpieces. Another thing to know about Poland, the country is currently investing heavily in its hospitals, which have become a hotspot for medical tourism in Europe. I hope you'll enjoy your virtual tour of these two incredible Polish churches on Google Earth's UNESCO World Heritage Map. This is Melody from GlobalMedTravel.com, and I'm wishing you all the best for your travels near and far. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Mark Stevens. He's the Denver-based author of the Allison Coyle Mystery Series. And Mark, uh, are you talking to us today from Colorado? Yes, and if it's okay to correct the host, which I never like to do, but I am. Uh, last year, we moved uh, 350 miles southwest of Denver. We're 
right down in the Four Corners area in a town, a wonderful town called Mancus. Oh, well, thank you for letting yeah. us know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll have to look that up. I've, I'm not familiar exactly where where that is. It's right next to Mesa Verde National Park, so um, one of the one of the most heavily visited national parks going, and it's uh, where I can see the one. Um, prominent ridge of Mesa Verde from from where we live. It's just beautiful. Oh, it sounds lovely. It sounds like some place to put on our bucket list for sure. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Well, Mark, so you've been out, though, in Colorado for a long time, right? Right. Yeah, 40 years. 40 years. So you you know uh, that territory. And, and talk a little bit about that, um, because your books are, are all based there. So you must have visited and traveled around just around the state of Colorado as you were uh, being inspired for these books? Yes, lots of travel around Colorado with my wife. Um, we we just love to go up for the weekends and maybe go to a cabin or a, a camping site, uh, stay in a town somewhere. We've been to many, many towns throughout Colorado, mostly on the western slope. People think of Colorado as the mountains, but the eastern side of Colorado, of course, looks much more like Kansas or Nebraska than it does like um, the mountains. And um, now living on the western slope, um, down on the southwest corner of the San Juan Mountains, uh, we still have been poking around in an area way down here where we didn't had, had not spent so much time. And yet there's still many little roads and different routes to go and places to, to head that we have yet to cover. Um, but what's really fascinating to me is, um, you know, just in the last year, how much more different it is to live in a small community and get to know people and get to know their values. And, um, you know, moving out of the front range with, you know, millions of people from Fort Collins to Colorado to, I mean, to Colorado Springs, and moving down to a town with about, you know, 1200 people, the next closest town, Cortez, has a you know maybe twenty thousand people or something like that. It's a very different vibe. And if I may just I mean quickly add, what was interesting about being based in Denver all the time I was writing the Allison Coyle mystery series is you know I I was writing about an area which I didn't live in. I think that's totally allowable if you do the right research, but um, you do kind of change your perspective when you move to an area and see its stresses, see the issues, uh, see the conflict between job opportunities coming along and, um, you know, what that might do to damage the, you know, local uh, environment, things like that. It's it, it's an interesting switch, and I'm, we're so glad we made it. Oh, I'm so glad you made it, too. It's, I think, time for for people to um, to just kind of downsize, not just downsize mm. your things, but your your state of mind. Right, right. I love exactly. that. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the importance of of writing networks and writing groups and and community because you're talking about community going from a large scale kind of urban, more populated and dense community. Now you're living in a smaller community. And yet, together with the advancement of technology, there are just so many ways that people can come together. How do you look at um, 
creating these kind of networks. What do you think about that? Well, uh, they're vital, and that's the bottom line. If you're an up-and-coming writer, even just working on the first draft of your first chapter and just starting to think about putting together a novel, there is no single better thing that you can do other than writing every day, of course, to, to just reach out and find out who's in your area who shares the same interest in, in writing fiction um, or nonfiction, but mostly I hang out with fiction writers. And I think you'd be surprised, even here in Mancus, uh, between Durango, 20 some miles to the east, and Cortez, 20, miles, 20 some miles to the west, we have many, many, many writers to pull together for coffees and, and gatherings. There's a Four Corners we have um, got going here to just meet and share ideas. But when I was in Denver, the biggest mistake I made for the first half dozen years of my writing uh, was to not join writing groups, to not go in and meet others. And I think I was afraid that I would find how big a struggle it might be. I think I might be afraid of how much criticism I might run into. Um, it was just the opposite. The the There's so welcoming. You find so many people who are on your same journey, who are willing to help you improve the quality of your writing. Um, th there's nothing better, of course, if you're learning a new skill than to go take lessons. And if these days of, yeah, you can go to YouTube and maybe learn how to play guitar um, or, you know, cook up a meal following some recipe. But um, I think when you're talking writing, there is no one formula. There's no one checklist. You can just go down and here's how to write a bestseller. It's such a personal experience. And it is, to me, art. And you, you, there's some techniques to learn along the way to make sure your art comes out in a way that um, is professional and meets all sorts of standards. Um, but it, just meeting other writers and sharing ideas about how to pull your story together and how to meet agents, how to find editors um, with publishing houses, of course, um, it, it is just such a um, wonderful way to kind of just increase the speed at which you're going to be um, discovered, I think. I agree. And and that's such a, a beautiful way of putting it because, you know, you mentioned the, um, just the anxiety that comes with, uh, am I good enough? Is anybody going to really like this? Uh, you know, <clears throat> you're put, you're literally putting yourself out, um, taking a risk, uh, you know, all the cliches, stepping out of your comfort zone, being in an unfamiliar place. And yet what you're saying is when you do that, when you make that effort and you just cross that, you know, take that baby step before you know it, you're connected with, with others who are, who are there to actually support and encourage you. Exactly. And, you know, even, even the, uh, quote unquote veteran, writer with 20 books out and uh, who heads out on tours every time their book comes out might, um, you never know, just might uh, stop and say, sure, I'd love to um, read something you're working on. Um, in fact, yesterday I got an email back from a big national name. Uh, I'm working on a non-mystery right now. And I just sent him a query just to say, because I knew he liked uh, baseball, which is the subject of my new book. And believe me when I say this, this is a big name. And he wrote back, said not only would he like to read it, he, he couldn't get to it till August, but he said, thanks for asking. Thank, no, he said, thanks for thinking of me. And I was blown away. Thanks for thinking of me, of course, you know. <laughs> and, 
he was so generous and gracious. And I said, that's just the kind of, that, that is 99% of the time you run into that kind of a response. So, Well, I was going to actually segue into what would you suggest to aspiring writers and uh, people who want to get started. But right there is uh, the most valuable uh, suggestion. You know, just pick up the phone, make a inquiry, just reach out. That's your number one way of getting started. Yes, indeed. And every single organization needs uh, man hours, volunteers. There's always a slot to come in and help, whether it might be helping put together an event or doing some marketing for the group, um, whatever it might be keeping their books or uh, you know, helping, helping build a website, whatever it might be. What's your expertise? Call your local writing group. Say, I've got some hours to help. What can I do? I love that. Well, Mark, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel. Tell us again how we can get more information and uh, and see what you're doing and, and look at all the books that you've got and, and how we can get more. Sure. Well, links to all five books in the Allison Coyle Mystery Series are at my website, uh, writer Mark Stevens, uh, Mark with a K, Stevens with a V, writermarkstevens.com. And a couple of links to some short stories that have been in various anthologies, too. And uh, anywhere you go online, just uh, look up Allison Coyle Mystery Series. You should be able to run into them. And um, also support your local independent bookstore wherever possible, because all my books can be ordered that way. That's great. Well, thank you, Mark, so much for being on the show. It's really been a pleasure. And, and keep writing. Thanks, Marilyn. Talk to you soon. All right. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. Coming up is the host of the Gourmet Highway, Doc Lawrence. He's going to be taking us down memory lane with some really fabulous stories of Palm Beach, Florida. Just think Jack and Jackie, Sting, S.D. Lauder. We'll be back. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we welcome folks from around the world and locally onto our tours. People love to travel and discover new places and new experiences, and we love being a part of that here in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Most of us right now are not traveling due to the COVID-19 pandemic sweeping across the globe. While travel and tourism make up the biggest part of our regional economy, providing thousands of jobs, and our community greatly feels that loss in tourism right now, we know that there will be time to travel safely in the near future. We wish everyone good health and safety during this time. Community is what brings us together. We at Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours look forward to welcoming you to our community and showing you the city from a bird's eye view. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog, rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subaruville, Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. It's time to catch up with our host of the Gourmet Highway, Doc Lawrence. He's here to enchant us with memories of one of his favorite places, 
Palm Beach, Florida. Doc's going to take us bar hopping and shopping, and of course, there's going to be a lot of fine dining. And you know Doc, he just loves to have fun. Marilyn, you know we've been trying our best to have some real fun during the warmer months. So I've got an idea. Why don't we get on the fabled Orange Blossom Special and head down the east coast of Florida, stopping at the city our railroad man Henry Flagler built. Palm Beach is ready for our day and night in La La Land. And hey, the tab's going to be picked up by old Henry anyway. Little background, Marilyn. Henry had a lot of Rockefeller money, but unlike the other robber barons, he had an appreciation for the arts. As we walk around this manicured island town, great architecture and art galleries and museums are everywhere. The performing arts have a great home here. And Worth Avenue, hey, did I bring enough cash? Let's stop in Ralph Lauren and pick out a wonderful seersucker suit for me and any outfit that you want. Remember, Henry's picking it up. This is an old game we play. Let's stroll down Worth Avenue and let's count the Rolls Royces and Bentleys that are parked curbside. It's astronomical. It's mind-boggling. They're everywhere. And then let's stop by for some refreshments at Cafe Boulard, the namesake restaurant after the great chef in Manhattan, Daniel Boulard, a friend of this program. And let's have a snack, some coffee, maybe sneak a glass of white wine. It's going to be warm. But the trip here, Maryland, is destined for an evening at the Breakers Hotel perhaps America's most famous and truly a magnificent wonder. This was Henry Flagler's magnum opus, and may it last forever. Over the years, I've spent many evenings dining here at the Breakers. There was the annual Bordeaux wine dinners, hosted by the Breakers' master sommelier, Virginia Phillip. We've remained friends throughout the years. Just imagine, Marilyn, a hotel with the financial ability to bring Chateau owners from Bordeaux over to Palm Beach, Florida to enjoy their wines with American cuisine, fine American cuisine. Other dinners were more impromptu, some accidental. One was with Sting. He was staying at the Breakers between his concerts on the East Coast. Another with America's top chefs, hosted by the distinguished restaurants of North America, complete with a big dance orchestra. Hey, it was formal, the stuff of Hollywood. We'll replicate those special moments, Marilyn, and have some genuine fun, Palm Beach style. Later, there's going to be two obligatory stops. Cocktails at Taboo, the hangout in Palm Beach for the rich and famous, and a late night live show at the Polo Club in the Colony Hotel. Marilyn, one of my favorite memories of all time was one night at the colony, seeing and enjoying the legendary Barbara Cook sing Broadway standards. You know, I could have danced all night, Marilyn. I walked down Royal Palm Boulevard, a self-guided tour of famous homes with names like Pulitzer, Estee Lauder, Kennedy, and many more. Even celebrity sightseeing here is an adventure. Lady Gaga, George Clooney, Diane Sawyer, the list goes on and on and on. I love coming back to Palm Beach and the Breakers 
for the memories and the cultural enrichment. But one thing I've learned might be surprising, Marilyn, and that's prices. I pay no more for an honest cocktail or a glass of legendary wine here than in neighborhood bars and restaurants in Atlanta and other cities. Why? I think Palm Beach doesn't have to sting visitors to pay its bills. They are self-sustaining, and when you walk around here, you understand why. We're Maryland. We're just about out of time, and I hate to end this one. I'm having so much fun. But this is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball, and speaking of travel, on the Gourmet Highway in lovely Palm Beach, Florida, saying so long for now, and I hope to see you soon in your hometown. Doc, I hope to see you soon, too. We're looking forward to more stories and more memories as we move through the months ahead. You stay well, and we'll talk again soon. Remember, you can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. My thanks today to Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport, writer Mark Stevens, and our favorite storyteller and host of the Gourmet Highway, Doc Lawrence. So as you go out this week, remember to keep the dream of travel alive. These lingering travel restrictions certainly are challenging, but research is showing that even planning for a vacation makes you happier. We know when we travel and then we come back, we're less stressed than we were before. So get out and explore new parks and trails. Visit new areas around your area. Do some writing. Make a list of where you dream of going. Develop some new hobbies. Read a book. Listen to music. And most importantly, set aside outdoor time. I like to take long walks, and sometimes I'll just turn up a street I've never been to before. You know, the more we can get outside our usual environment, the more active our brains are. Oh, sure, we might not be embarking on the bucket list adventure of our dreams right now. But staying in the mindset of stepping out and trying new things makes it so much easier when we come back, there won't be a learning curve. You stay safe and well, and remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 